0: Welcome to another Keel Hauled Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know. I did. This week I have none other than Craig Kaufman from Able Gamers joining me. He's Craigums on Twitter, and he is here to talk a lot about accessibility with me and with Sea of Thieves and games in general, but we also have Ships of Fortune to talk about. And man, this update has been amazing. I've absolutely loved it. I think it's an entire game changer. Every every one of the concerns that I had about what was going on before we knew like how things were gonna play out totally, totally blown over. The the update is is awesome. I actually really enjoy going out on the seas with my friends. It's to the point now where there are so many of us uh, kind of going out and, and trying to sail at the same time that we're actually working on trying to get multiple ships on one server just so that we can work on stuff. Uh, when it's just one of us, we tend to jump on and do reapers and stuff. But to answer the question that I'm sure a lot of you have is... What's my favorite uh, emissary right now? And I'm having a tough time with that because for a long time, I was pushing myself towards Merchant Alliance. And while I still enjoy Merchant Alliance, I've had a lot of fun doing Athena's fortune as well. But by far reapers bones has been the one that i've spent the most time with uh working with a couple of my friends on crews at nights uh and, and going out and sinking ships and stealing flags i've managed to get up to rank 40 with the reapers uh hull or, or with the reapers bones uh, where all the other ones are are far far lower uh base of of reputation gain, I guess. I don't know how to put that, but you guys know what I'm talking about. So I'm not going to belabor the point. Regardless, I've been having a blast with this and I wanted to get that out in front because I know it's probably what you're thinking about because it's what I've been thinking about. Regardless, I've had an amazing time on the seas. The one caveat that I will talk about that I don't think that we covered in the interview with uh, Craig was Reaper's Bones earning reputation off of any gold, Um, we did talk a little bit about that and I share my thoughts, but I, I do think that maybe we're earning rep with, uh, with the Reaper's bones a little too quickly. I can get within a week up to 40 and I'm not even playing that heavily. I'm playing maybe, you know, three or four hours a night, uh, a few nights out of the week and then the weekend. Uh, but it it seemed like it, it came pretty quickly, but God, there's there's so much I want to talk about. A lot of it we covered. A lot of it's our experiences with the update. So I'm going to get to that. Again, thank you, Craig. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for for bringing Able Gamers to the podcast. Uh, I look forward to trying to work on doing some charities uh, with Able Gamers or Special Effect or St. Jude's. Actually, before I forget, uh, this coming May, May I believe it's second, which is a, a Saturday. St. Jude's uh, Freyline hit me up and said, hey, we are doing a Sea of Thieves, St. Jude's charity. Uh, It's got three different groups, um, the Hearts of Gold, the uh, Arche de Grog, uh, Sea of Thieves group, and uh, the Sea of Fashions. We're all going to be working together to do the first Sea of Thieves, well, maybe not the first, but the, the first one that I've done where it's going to be for for charity uh, a a fashion event in sea of thieves so that's that's going to be may 2nd uh probably i think 12 p.m eastern standard time 9 a.m pacific standard time and 5 p.m gmt uh should be about two and a half hours uh this all got kind of um kind of situated like like fairly recently so that's probably why we didn't talk about it in the actual interview, but I wanted to make sure to get ahead of you uh, to let you know about that going on next weekend, next Saturday. So be sure to tune in uh, on Twitch. Um, Check out Twitter at uh, Freyline. Uh, Check out my tweets. I've been tweeting about that as well too. Uh, Get in there so that you can come check out that. We've got Rare employees who are joining us. We've got community members who are joining us. We're going to be uh, giving away some codes as well. There's going to be some giveaways for the community while you actually get to check it out too so we're all going to be having some fun doing some fashion stuff it's going to be a lot of a lot of fun so again may 2nd uh 9 a.m pacific standard uh, 12 p.m edt 5 p.m gmt about two and a half hours long check twitter for links to the twitch channels that are going to be streaming it and i will see you all there bring your best clothes i love you Pretty much. Uh, I, I wanted to bring you on the show for a lot of reasons, but I I kind of wanted to, to preface all of this because I know you just recently had surgery on your neck, so your voice is going to be limited to an extent. I don't want to push you too hard, so if there's at any point that you feel like it's it's getting too tough, just let me know, and we can, we can kind of taper off, and uh, I can finish up what I need to, but... For the most part, I wanted to bring you on because I've um, been following you for quite a while, it feels like. I feel like I've been kind of keeping an eye on the stuff that, that you do on Twitter and whatnot for, for some time now. But um, you are are actually one of the uh, creative leads or and in, in producers, if I'm remembering correctly, over at Able Gamers. Is that, that fair to say?
1: So I'm the program director, but I get to do a lot of like the community outreach as well as like um, industry talking to developers and stuff. Uh, the the team is expanded now, so um, you know we have like a developer relations person that does uh, research, so they're doing things, and I kind of get to connect people to everyone and do all sorts of fun stuff within the industry and within the community side of Able Gamers awesome
0: so and if if people don't know who able gamers is you're you're a uh an outreach group uh, foundation that's been designed to try and create um opportunities for for folks with disabilities to be able to play games it's it's like the main driving goal so able gamers is like the us version of special effect who uh has had a lot of support from from rare recently um with twitch uh no not with twitch with uh, the charity sales uh that they got as well as just having you guys basically have your, your as far as i know you're based outside or based in washington but you have outreach groups uh in in different things which you guys call expansion packs is that right
1: so we have so the able gamers charity the way we operate we're based out of harpers ferry west virginia so like right outside of dc um but there's a few of us all over well i guess now we have someone in canada so we're kind of international now um as a team like our local team but we kind of uh we help out people all over the world um so if people need like controllers we have a grant process if someone needs to figure out what they need um they can reach out to our peer counseling team they'll work one-on-one with players figure out what they need. And if they need uh, financial assistance on buying those controllers, um, they'll work with them to get those. They'll be able to send the controllers out to people. Um, Our expansion pack program is actually one where we kind of do what we do with grants, um, except like, you know, it's like individual controller grants except it's on the hospital level. So we'll go into a hospital and we'll bring all of our accessible equipment and we'll turn a room of the hospital into like a game room filled with like controllers and systems and uh usually a bunch of like video game related toys and stuff (laughs) and we're able to basically make a fun game room that just lives there forever so our expansion pack program and our uh, peer counseling team kind of work together to help players get the controllers they need oh man
0: that's awesome that's (laughs) that's actually really really cool um and how long have you been doing this you've been working with able gamers for a while right
1: yeah uh i am on i think nine and a half years ish depending on how you you count where um i started i originally started as uh i actually had a shoulder problem that i don't know if it was related to my current situation um but it ended up where i uh i had a shoulder problem and i ended up having to uh i wanted to help actually it goes further back from that (laughs) um So I started with Able Gamers about nine years ago when I was running a video game store and I had, yeah, I had, um, I took over a game store, uh, in Hermitage, Pennsylvania. So I moved like two hours from where I lived, ran a game store. And my first week there, I had a family came in and the dad came up to the counter in tears with his son. And they said, we were in a car accident. My son had a traumatic brain injury. What games can he play? And uh, I was like 20 at the time, and I never really thought about it, right? This isn't something I was thinking about. I was yeah. just trying to push pre orders and all that stuff. So I said, I actually have no idea. Give me three days, come back, I'll find you answers. Um, I was able to connect that family with Able Gamers, um, Mark and Steve from Able Gamers, and they were able to help them figure out what games um, the child would be able to play. And that was cool. I was like, wow, that's great. Able Gamers, uh, it was cool that they were able to help out that family. About a year later, I had a shoulder problem um, that I don't know if it's related to my current one now, but I couldn't move my arm and I had pain basically from my neck down to my arm. My right arm couldn't move at all or my neck couldn't move. It was like it was all kind of locked up. The muscles kind of didn't work out well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I realized how important Able Gamers was. This is when I was still outside and I said, hey, I want to run a charity stream for you guys. Um And this was before Twitch even existed. This was before uh, like Tiltify and all the sites to take donations really existed. So Mark was like, what do you want or how do you do that? And I say, just give me a PayPal email. Um, And that weekend we played Gears of War raised 150 bucks. And Mark sent me an email that said they were able to buy a controller. And I kind of have helped out since I started out as a volunteer for the first five or six years. And then as things progressed now, it's where I work.
0: That's so cool, man. And you you bring up a real a real important thing that I think is is really kind of a uh, – there's something about able gamers and special effect that I absolutely love. And it's it's that you guys are are driven to help uh, anyone that that might have a disability, and not in the sense that this is something that someone is born with, but something that could happen to anyone. You you could get in a car accident. You could just have a problem with your muscles. You could be born with several palsy. It doesn't it doesn't matter? There's there's not any qualifier because something that I think a lot of people forget about with disability and playing games is that it could happen to anyone at any time, and it's going to be different for everyone. Uh, it, it's something that you you really have no control over, and one of the things that really kind of has started to push me in this direction is something because i never thought about this i've only ever had vision impairment that's the only the only problem i've ever run into with playing games is i have to be fairly close to what i'm playing with uh to be able to see it with my glasses and that's that's the only the only thing i have to overcome but at any given time my vision could get a lot worse and and that vision is is just it's by chance. It's just pure genetics at this point. So if I'm not careful, if I don't take care of my, my eyes, then there's a good chance I might lose that vision. And it's nice to know that there are a lot of people, not necessarily as many as there probably should be, because it still feels like a, a something that's been only in the last maybe 15, 20 years that, uh, from what I can tell, people have been pushing to get more and more advocacy for. But having people who are out there trying to help others continue to play games as a a method of escape or enjoyment or entertainment is a way for them to connect with others with stories and and having common goals is is really important as a society i think at least to to try and make sure that we are able to connect with each other. Not everyone can go out and play basketball or football. Not everyone can go out and, you know, swim laps or or not everyone can go hiking or do yoga classes uh, or Zumba. But a lot of us uh, who are probably listening to this enjoy games. But there's definitely a a good group of people who don't get to enjoy games the same way that everyone else gets to enjoy games. And it's harder for them, whether it's color blindness or vision impairment or a physical uh, disability. Even a cognitive one. Sometimes you just aren't as quick as you you want to be, and and there's a disconnect between your body and your in your mind, and that can be frustrating as a gamer, who you play games that rely a lot on that. So, having you come onto the show, I wanted to to kind of give you the floor. If there's something that you wanted to to kind of bring up that that speaks personally to you or speaks to to what you hope for with this industry uh because i know with rare they have been very very active very proactive about trying to get as much accessibility built into sea of thieves as possible and i see that with other games as well but uh are are there any stories or anything that you wanted to share as far as um what your goal is or, or or some of the things that you wanted to bring bring to light
1: I'm trying to I don't want to take up too much time talking about a lot of things. Um, But yeah, it's it's interesting watching the industry kind of evolve, because when I started doing this like 10 years ago, I was getting emails back from developers saying like, this isn't important to us or, you know, we don't really have the time to include this. Um, And it's been interesting to watch the industry change. I know like Able Gamers, we used to do a game of the year um, and, you know, it was like, if a game had a colorblind mode, that was like a big story back 10 years ago. Um, And now, you know, these game these options are becoming standard, which is great. Like if a game doesn't have a colorblind mode, now everyone notices, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So as these, as these, as all these settings become standard, it's, uh, it's great. And like, you know, as the industry moves forward, you know, we've seen things like the adaptive controller and how, Um, A lot of like the studios now are making it part of their culture, like the coalition did a really good job with gears. Um, You've got, you know, the Uncharted series, Naughty Dog does great, you've got Sea of Thieves, obviously, but I know we're going to talk about that a bunch, but Sea of Thieves is doing great. And they're just always updating and adding more features, which is great to see it against, you know, across the industry to see, you know, it's not just Microsoft, it's not just PlayStation, it's not just EA, it's kind of an evolution where all of these companies are trying to make it a more accessible experience, which just means that we have more players in a community, which is cool. So that's kind of really the end goal is we just want to make sure that everyone has access and has the ability to play. Um, And as you were saying, you know, there's cognitive disabilities, there's physical disabilities, Um, enable gamers, we made our motto, so everyone can game. So what we do is we, we go and we try to make sure that we're um, supportive uh, for everyone trying to play. So you know whether it's handing out or helping someone find a controller they need um, for physical disabilities, or working with developers to find ways to um, help their game be more accessible to players that have cognitive disabilities or um, visual disabilities. That's our main thing. So we actually launched uh, accessible.games is where you could go to find like design patterns based on you know, how to include players with disabilities. Um, We launched that recently with our player panels. We have like 600 players with disabilities across the world that help give us feedback. And we kind of take all of that, work with developers, share the info, um, connect some of our player panels to developers. We basically do anything we can to make sure that there's um, more accessible options being pushed into games and making the industry more accessible to everyone.
0: Man, it's the one thing that I've noticed Um, in kind of growing up with games, it always felt like this was always on the back burner. It, it never really affected me, so I never thought about it. And the more and more I learn about it, and the more I grow my social ring to have people in it that are advocates for, for accessibility, I, I start to realize just how much work is being put into the industry across the board. But I, I really have to say that I've been I've been moved and impressed by Microsoft in this aspect. Uh, when I saw the adaptive controller come out, I thought that is an amazing piece of work. Like I, I never would have expected a company, especially a, a main company, to put so much engineering and design and effort into building a controller like this that they are willing to to give to any other company like they're willing to sell this to any other company and work with them on having it set up for anyone for any game um i love seeing that other people who are are smart enough to know how to play around with these to to be able to have these set up for different systems and stuff and It's amazing. I think I I'm blanking. I should have done a little more research on this, but I'm, I want to say that there are other, uh, peripheral companies out there who are starting to build additional switches, uh, and buttons and controllers for the adaptive controller purely to help support, uh, the, the accessibility with this to make sure that, that others can have options so that Microsoft isn't the sole uh, producer of this. That that if if a company wants to build something that's close to a DualShock controller, they can license the DualShock controller and start pulling some of the aspects of that controller into peripherals that they can sell third party to the to the actual adaptive controller. And I hope I hope that they that they continue the the to lead on this this front. I hope that they kind of show that this is a place where we need to get to as an industry to make sure that there is a large group of of gamers out there that don't have the opportunity to game the way they want because the industry has left them behind and it's not fair to them they didn't ask to be excluded and i'm hoping that Nintendo picks up the slack. Uh, to me, it personally feels like Nintendo has really dropped the ball with accessibility. I don't see them adding functionality. They just recently added the ability at a system level to remap buttons, but it it's such a it feels like such a half measure because you you not only do you have to remap each individual Joy-Con if you want to, but you have to save it to a profile and you get five profiles. But every time you go to the home screen. Uh, whether you wake up the system or you hit the home button when exiting a game that's been in sleep mode, it constantly reminds you that the buttons are remapped and if you want to continue using the remapped buttons or if you want to reset them. and I feel like to me at least it's a it's a constant reminder. It's like, "Hey, by the way, you did this thing, and even though you should be used to it because you set it up that way, we're going to constantly remind you that this isn't the natural way of playing our our system." And I feel There's, like Yeah. Go ahead.
1: When it comes to button remapping at like the system level, it's a good backup for games that don't include it, but as soon as you get into the game, it throws everything off cuz you're like, you know, you want to hit um the A button but you remapped it to B but the screen says press A so um, it's it's huge that Nintendo put the button remapping in um, at the system level but yeah it is a it is a little bit it has taken them a little bit longer because I know PlayStation and Xbox and even the Vita got a uh, button remapping native uh, I think well what is it 2017 and 2018 so yeah it's cool that they're adding it though because um, you know being able to play one-handed um, with the joy cons is really comfortable for a lot of people mm-hmm. Um, and then just you know even Nintendo adding these features all of this stuff going and becoming more of a mainstream topic is awesome Um, and like you were talking about the switches and all the things that go into the adaptive controller uh, so the switches are normally really expensive like Companies know that they're for people with disabilities, so they jack the prices up because they know people need them, yeah. um, which is a horrible practice, right? Um, so what happened is we actually got to work with Logitech, and I know that's uh, it was Xbox did some stuff with them where those switches came out, and you get a whole bunch of switches for um, for a hundred bucks. You get a lot of switches. So I know that you're starting to hear, you know, the Xbox Adaptive Controller is a hundred, and then the switches are a hundred. So you're looking at about 200 plus. You need the one-handed Joy-Con is 220. Well, not one-handed Joy-Con. They have a one-handed joystick. Um, but even that, like we've some of the switches we were giving out before were were 200 bucks. So it's very cool to see gaming take accessibility and start you know actively running with it because it's forcing other industries to adapt as well. Um, because now you can go on Logitech.com and buy. I think I don't, I think it comes with 18 switches. I really should know that. And I'm looking at the box, but I can't read it from here. Uh, but it comes with like 18 switches for a hundred bucks. That's so much more affordable than, you know, the other switches. And there's, there's specialized switches that like are, you know, finger touch, um, that are more sensitive. that are going to cost more, but like this gaming, bringing on accessibility and focusing on it and making it an initiative is is definitely helping outside because the same things that you plug into the adaptive controller are the same switches that people are already using in their homes to operate other devices. So, you know, if you're already trying to, if you have a bunch of devices at your house that you use switches for, you can pay Logitech a hundred bucks and get a bunch of them versus, um, you know, a hundred bucks each or fifty bucks each or whatever it is, and it it varies per person and it varies per switch. So. You know, it's all up in the air, but it's just great to have more options and especially more affordable options.
0: The the nice thing about this too is is you talked about how the adaptive controller is a hundred dollars and the Logitech gaming kit's a hundred dollars, but you, you with, with the buttons that you get for this for being uh, something that a lot of people probably won't need. It's still surprising that the cost is is still in my mind. That's still fairly affordable for me, especially if if it's if it's important that I want to have that. I look at something like uh the the Xbox Series. Uh, oh, I just blinked on what's their their Elite controller. It's the Elite, right? Oh, the Elite Two. Yeah. I think is the, the Elite, Elite Two controller. Two. One hundred eighty nine dollars. I think is the the going MSRP for that. It's it's up mm-hmm. there, uh, but I mean that that controller itself is designed to really capitalize on fine refinements with the controllers. But for the most part, you're going into that knowing that you're you're getting those four back pedal uh, buttons on the bottom of the controller. So for me, the the cost is is right up there. If you're if you're paying for a specialty uh, controller, whether it's independent switches that you get to to uh customize and it's easier to press or you're paying for uh an an xbox series elite controller the the second series and that's you know that's full refinement for someone who's um uh, wants that kind of control and precision you're you're going to spend about the same amount as far as i'm concerned And, and i think that the cost for the the adaptive controller and the the gaming kits and stuff i think that that could definitely be brought down and I'm hoping that with games being able to remap buttons in the future, if, if having that at a system level and having that available to all the different consoles, uh, especially as we go into this next gaming generation, I'm hoping that more and more companies like Logitech was uh, was who I was thinking of, and I'm glad that you remembered because I, I for some reason were blanking on it. But I hope Steel Series comes out with this. I hope that. Uh, uh, um, Astro comes out with a set there's Power A could definitely make a a line of of these switches to kind of help promote some of the the games that are, are being played on the Nintendo Switch using an adaptive controller there's some great manufacturers out there that are third party that could really help drive down the cost and build up the accessibility of these different switches. And I'm hoping that that's kind of where where we move going forward as far as like hardware is concerned. but
1: um, a lot of those companies have also made you know add-ons that we actually will give out. So you know things like the thumb extenders for like joysticks. Mm. Um, we give those out all the time because it requires a little bit less, movement uh steel series at one point was doing like the eye tracking stuff so at one point it was like the most affordable eye tracker you could get which worked with games it's very cool to see like there's all these extra little things so whenever i get to go to like a game store i always buy like you know all the random things that you can plug into a controller (laughs) and see how they work out but uh there's a lot of cool stuff i know playstation made that one that plugs into the bottom and adds like the back buttons as well yeah um and like even like something like the Elite controller, uh, those are, you know, to get like a custom controller. So if somebody needed like buttons put on the back, you're usually looking at 150 anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Evil Controllers is a company that makes a lot of those. And they do a really good job with them. Um, and the So those controllers or the Elite controller are both great because, uh, you know, at least with like the Elite controller, you can go find it at Walmart if you needed to. You can go buy it on, you know, any website um and just get it instantly versus getting like a more customized approach through like evil controllers but we've had it where sometimes the a lot of the grants we gave out were just elite controllers where um we had it where uh if someone couldn't use like their left hand to use like the joystick yeah they would uh you know play with the joystick in their mouth control it you know move the controller with their right hand and then we would just map the two back buttons like the the left bumper and right bumper or left bumper and right trigger to the back of the right side with the elite controller. And then they have all every button they need. So it's been really cool. to just finding all of these extra options and figuring out ways to help people play games with them.
0: Yeah. The, the, the elite controller itself is, is something that really amazes me. And, and I've seen some, there's, uh, um, what's his rocky no hands i don't know if you know him on on twitter if you've seen him play um this dude would this dude kills at at first person shooters i've seen him play just about anything from apex to cod to in in Warzone and stuff but he uses a series of um uh straws that are are set up to sensors so that he can uh suck and blow into them to to you know, have like zoom and have different switches set to them. And he uses a, a a toggle that he moves with his mouse and stuff. But to watch him play and snipe like long, long range snipe with just hit the setup that he has is absolutely amazing. He streams um, and uh, he puts up his videos on YouTube, but it just goes to show that, you know, it, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what your disability is. If you, if you put in the time and the effort, just like anyone, if you, if you put in the effort, you can do whatever you want. And, you know, people like, uh, sightless combat, he has a set crew that when he goes sailing, uh, he has them use instruments to help guide him on the ship, off the ship around. He follows the sound of where the instruments are to help give him a, a sense of, of, uh, space so that he can find the helm and he gets to be their helmsman and and help out on the ship wherever he can and for someone who has for, for someone who doesn't have vision having sound in in sea of thieves itself is is a great game changer for for them because sea of thieves is so sound oriented uh, so much of what you do in the game revolves around um audio cues And if rare hadn't been trying to put so much effort into those audio cues, it would have been a lot harder for him to be able to play this game. So I, I hope that in the future that accessibility just keeps getting pushed and pushed more and more and it keeps getting built in because much like with Sea of Thieves and other games, I have been using accessibility features to improve my gameplay. Um, the the white X's for X marks, the spot maps, the reduced to hold interaction for, for keys. There are so many that people use that they don't, they may not realize like the original intent of this, but still benefit people to a large degree on, on what they can and can't do and, and just quality of life improvements. And I think hopefully we'll get to the point where accessibility options isn't under under like its own label it's just quality of life it's just options for quality of life and you don't have to try and delineate the difference between someone who's able or disabled it's just gamers and then there's just quality of life features that you can choose to put on or choose to leave off
1: accessibility really comes down to like good game design you know even features that get put into games may not be designed around, um, you know, supporting a player with disabilities. It could just be what the developer thinks is what the general population of players, the the mass amount of players wants. So um, something like the, uh, what Sea of Thieves just added in where you can see the, um, the title bars or the name. What am I thinking of? The nameplates, oh, yeah. or players are as far as you want. That's huge, especially for like, Deaf players or players who can't communicate verbally, mm-hmm. um, you're able to see where all of your players are. So on the same side of how there's awesome, um how there's awesome sound, you know, there's awesome sound alerts on the screen that say like, you know, when the wheel hits. So that way Silas Combat's able to play. He knows when the wheel's centered or he can hear the music. The other side of that is um something like having the title, the the nameplates. I don't know why, I cannot remember what they're called now. Um, <laughs> Having the nameplate show up as far as you want and even showing what the player is doing. Yes. So, you know, if a player is getting attacked or if they're just repairing a ship from whatever distance. So there's less communication needed. And that's great. Even for players who are just starting or hopping in to random, uh, you know, open crews. There's not always a lot of communication there. But now this is just an improvement that you can have in your gameplay experience. But it's also huge for a lot of players in the difference of being able to understand where their players are and aren't. So a lot of, it's a lot of cool stuff that they're putting in and a lot of what's awesome is a lot of the accessibility features they need or that they're adding are just overall great features that have just improved the game, which is cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. I, as soon as I saw that feature in the patch notes, I went into my settings and I turned it on. Because there's uh, a dude that I love to play with, Chris. Uh, He is notorious for disappearing on islands and shipwrecks. (laughs) Like that's his his thing. Like if if we're getting into a battle or if we're sailing in to go take on a ship at a fort or something, and we pass by a shipwreck, just expect that you were you were now one man down. You don't even have to you don't even have to ask what he's doing. You just know that he is he's gonna disappear. He's gonna go looking for fish, and he's um, gonna
1: supply the boat. Yeah. I'm that guy, so I have to defend him. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh no,
0: no, no. I, I love him. It's it's great. And we work we work we work around it, so we're not too worried. But he he does he does what what is great because he, he does. He cooks our fish, he he makes sure that we have supplies, uh, and he's just that's what he's good at. He's great at at disappearing and coming back with the stuff that we need to continue sinking. I mean he even <laughs> He snuck off once, which really surprised us, surprised us, and I'm pretty sure I told this story, but he snuck off one time and stole an entire rowboat's worth of uh, uh, skeleton fleet loot out from <laughs> underneath a brig's nose, and, and we were just like, where is he? But this was before the update, so we couldn't see where he was. We just knew he was gone, so we just figured he was doing something, but it was towards the end of our night. And then he comes on comms, and he's like, I have a rowboat full of treasure and I can't talk because <laughs> my wife is sleeping. Can you come pick me up? And we're like, w- wait, what? <laughs> you, you got what? And uh, yeah. So now that I have that turned on, it's funny to see like his gamer tag way out in the distance on a little aisle. And it's just this little green tag that keeps running from place to place to place to place and it's like now i have a visual indicator it's like okay he's over there so i know if we go into an into a an engagement like i'll have to call him back and i'll have to be like hey i need you need you to come back and help but at least i can expect to see him doing stuff over there cuz i'll see him like accessing a barrel or getting in a fight with a skeleton or or holding a piece of treasure and stuff and that's a really it's a really cool feature that I didn't think I wanted until I saw it, and now I now I want it on everything that's multiplayer. Because <laughs> something like that in in like Call of Duty or like Apex, when I could actually see the gamer tags of the people that I I'm, I'm mentally thinking are right behind me, got got my six, you know, they're they're not actually there; <laughs> they're actually somewhere else doing something else, and I have no clue because I can't see them. So. <laughs> But let's, uh, let's dive into, unless there's anything you wanted to dive into that you wanted to talk about, because this is kind of why I brought you on, is I wanted to bring you on because as far as as far as far I'm concerned, you're one of the, the main people that's connected with Thieves, but also a huge advocate for uh, accessibility and, and bringing everyone into the fold of gaming. And I wanted to make sure that you had enough time to kind of talk about stuff if, if uh, <laughs> there was something that you were thinking about
1: yeah um it's weird because basically the only things i really talk about are sea of thieves and accessibility so uh perfect i don't want to take over too much (laughs) yeah but it, it worked out perfect for what you were trying to do with the show today so um no it's it's very cool like all the all the the industry making a push and even communities trying to do better at including players with disabilities is great um Having all the features in Sea of Thieves is great. I know like we were talking earlier. I recently had to have surgery. So like the it was kind of cool, actually, because the adapt well not the surgery. Well, I guess it was cool because it worked out in the end, yeah. hopefully. <laughs> um, but the I got to help work on the adaptive controller. Um, so I was working on it like before it was announced doing like that kind of fun stuff with it. I got to do some of the press for it. It was like a blast to do all of that. Right. And I knew it was going to help people, but I didn't necessarily know that I was going to need it, you know, two years later. Yeah. Um. So I ended up, I made, I think you saw the tweet of it, but I actually went through and programmed and figured out the best way for me. And I'm saying for me, cause there's every player is going to have a different experience on it, but the best way for me to play sea of thieves using an adaptive controller, which I thought was neat. Cause I was like, well, all I do is talk about accessibility and see of Thieves. And here I am <laughs> trying to do exactly that so I can play <laughs> Sea of Thieves with my friends. So um, it was very cool. And the way the developers have, uh, you know, button remapping, I was able to map things to work for my play style because I was very limited. Uh, and being able to just change everything inside of the game and being able to switch over to mouse and keyboard if I needed to, there's a lot of really Great stuff. And it was cool that I didn't have to miss out on playing with my crew during that time. Cause, you know, honestly, like right now, we all just sit in Discord all day. That's what we did through Sea of Thieves, anyways, when we met. But now that's really how we socialize. So uh, it was really cool to be able to keep playing one way or another, even if I was just the guy that fixed the boat when we crashed. But um, it's cool. That's, I will talk to you about accessibility stuff forever. <laughs> uh, but I'll also talk to you about see stuff forever. So you you lead the way.
0: Well, I know. Um, so I sent you the link in, in Discord late, and uh, I I put some stuff together as far as like show notes go. Uh, but I mm-hmm. wanted to kind of get I wanted to kind of get into the meat of this update because um, as I quickly learned when I got in on Wednesday, a lot of this update is uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, learned through experience I, I read the patch notes and i was like oh okay i i feel like i got a pretty good understanding of what's going on and then i actually started to play and i was like oh i don't understand anything about what's going on <laughs> i need to i need to really spend some time on the seas to, to kind of understand how the new systems work so uh with the with the emissary system i wanted to talk a lot about uh, the Reaper's bones because I feel like the Reaper's bones is going to be the one that is the, the newest and unlike other factions that we're used to. So have you had a whole lot of time to, to jump into the emissary system? Have you gotten a chance to, to test out stuff and, and tinker with things?
1: I jumped in and I played uh Reaper's bones, which is weird because I never attack people like, playing it like before this I had only attacked three ships total in Sea of Thieves that didn't shoot first Mm -hmm. and uh no last night we went we went and uh we sunk a lot of boats it was a lot of fun it's weird because I was (laughs) like this isn't normally how I play but now I feel like it's okay so (laughs) it was it's definitely a lot of fun
0: yeah yeah I've been having a lot of a lot of fun I have a set crew of, of friends that I play with and for the longest time we were always just aggro pirate hunters. We would go out, sink ships, didn't matter who. Uh, we would try to, to steal supplies, but we wouldn't try and camp anyone. Once we sank them, that was kind of it. We, we got our satisfaction out of it. But now, with the emissary system and PvP being uh, rewarded, this is kind of a, a big shift from where the game was when it launched. Like for the longest time, People were asking for uh, bounties and for ways to to reward PvP, and Rare had always taken the stance that they didn't want to uh, reward people for for killing others in the game because they didn't want to have that situation where people would get griefed. And I feel mm-hmm. like I, I feel like it took a couple years, but I feel like the Reapers' bones, lore-wise and mechanic-wise, is probably probably the the best way they could have possibly have introduced a bounty system without having it be malicious uh and and i say that because if if you're a streamer or if you're just really good and, and people get to know your name if you could put a bounty on someone's head that could be a real problem if it gets over to like reddit or, or on twitter or facebook groups and stuff You could really, really troll some people, and that's exactly what I think Rare wanted to avoid. But with the emissary system, I feel like we finally have permission to go hunting other ships in a way that is sanctioned, in in that Rare knows that whoever is opting into the emissary system is taking, taking into account that they are putting themselves at risk of being a higher target for pirates who want to go hunting down other pirates and because it's an opt-in system other ships that uh, for example with rank five uh, or with the rank five emissary for reapers you get to see the other emissary ships on the map and it doesn't tell you what rank they are doesn't tell you what type of ship they are, it just looks like a shadow, as if they were um, as if they were holding a, a reaper's markup. But because they're in an emissary system, they're in the pool of ships that will be displayed for reapers. And reapers can specifically choose to go out and hunt down those ships to get the flags that drop when you sink a ship or if the ship scuttles or sinks or whatever happens that the ship is is destroyed at that point and having having the option to opt in or opt out of that system has has really kind of given like for example i sank a ship last night that wasn't an emissary but they were working on tall tales but they just they happened to cross in front of a rank five reaper's bounty which i don't i don't know why they would just assume that we would ignore any ship that wasn't an emissary but we ended up sinking them and it was, it, it's kind of nice to, to know. It was like, you know, we, we, we sank them, we got their treasure. And at the end of the day, we were like, ah, you know, that, that wasn't as satisfying as going after a, a uh, an actual emissary. Like we actually got more enjoyment after sinking an emissary, even if it was like a grade two or like a rank four reapers. Uh, we got more enjoyment out of doing that because we knew that they had opted into the system. We knew that they that they that they went into the bargain, knowing that they would get a reward if they succeeded, and we would get rewarded if we succeeded. And because of that, I think that this emissary system has actually upgraded this game to a whole new level. And I'm sorry, I'm talking a lot, but I, I, I just I can't express enough how much I think this emissary system has been such a positive game changer for for Sea of Thieves and has really added a layer to the game that is going to be kind of opaque for a lot of people until they get used to it, but has really changed the landscape of how you play this game and something that I think a lot of people were looking forward to with a game that has yet to come out, which was Skull and Bones, which was going to be more pvp oriented but what what are you thinking as far as like this goes like how how do you feel as far as the the emissaries
1: so i i love it the i agree with you on uh pretty much everything about how it made it how it kind of made it better and feel like you have a you're okay to go attack so like i said i usually if i only sunk three boats that were not uh that didn't shoot first when i played this game like throughout the whole two years. Yeah. (laughs) Not counting arena. That is a whole different thing. Yeah. So, but last night we went out and we sunk everyone. Well, everyone had emissaries and that's what made it different. Cause I thought I was going to hate this. I thought it was going to encourage people to just troll everyone. But the fact that you don't get any points for being an emissary or if you kill someone that's not an emissary, there's really nothing to win there except maybe some treasure, which is cool for the multiplier, I guess. But there's not really too much of it and um even then when i started thinking about it, i was like well this is going to suck when everyone hits the top level uh and then they just go oh well, we'll just go sink people again but when they added the leaderboards now you always have something to work forward to so going and attacking you know a, a sloop doing a a uh a tall tale is kind of a waste of time now whereas before it was just part of the game so they've kind of It's weird how they've kind of made it where if you want to fight, you just let everyone know we're here to fight and like people can tell that. And then the people that want to just kind of get used to it can kind of go and sail and not do the emissary. And there's no point in killing them except for treasure. So I think there's like a I think it added a really cool balance to it. And I was not expecting I was not expecting it to work out or me to like it as well as I do. But it's it's very cool, and I, I didn't like the idea of having a Reaper's Bones originally, because I know even the way Rare said it, that they didn't want to encourage people attacking, but this kind of encourages... It's just like a secondary... It's like the end game of it. You know what I mean? It's like... It's if you want to go to the second level of it and do more, you can, but it's riskier, and that's kind of how the game has always been, yeah. you know? Totally. So it's very cool. I like it a lot. I like it more than I should, and I had too much fun sinking people <laughs> in, in adventure last night.
0: Well, I think that's the the uh so I w- I was debating with my crew last night cuz we were we were kind of talking about, you know, what's what's fun and and what's not fun and what we kind of enjoying about this and uh it it we were learning recently a lot of people have been hitting level 75 in the Reaper's Bones, but some of those folks Uh, have been doing it through grinding for the damned because the reaper's bones will take any treasure. It doesn't necessarily matter where you got it. They'll take everything. They'll, they'll literally take everything except for fish. I've turned in tomes, which I know a lot of people get on me about calling tombs. Uh, I, you can turn in ashen chests, whether they're open or not. You can, you can turn in anything you, you possibly want at the reaper's hideout and get credit for it. So a lot of people, well not a lot of people, a subsection of the community have been grinding out forts to gain reputation, which in my mind kind of is a bummer because I feel like they're cheating themselves out of the experience of going and and participating in the PvP aspect of Reaper's Bones, but at the same time I have to concede that not everyone is going to want a PVP to rank this up and they may want the cosmetics, but they don't, they aren't good at PVP or they don't like PVP. It, it goes against what they prefer and they can still earn reputation even if they aren't um, actively stealing treasure or sinking ships. So while I feel like there are the, the, the end game people or the folks that like to, to get the world firsts on things and they're doing it their way. I, I, I hope that others use this as an opportunity to play around with PvP and, and get to actually try out what it feels like to kind of hunt down a ship and, and get to actively participate in that. And I'm hoping that with Sea Thieves coming to Steam uh, with Xbox Series X coming out and this game continuing to be on Game Pass that we'll just continue to grow the player base and we'll have more diverse people coming in to to learn how to how to play the game but also to kind of make sure that there's someone out there for everyone. And and one of the things that you brought up that I I really like is these leaderboards. I didn't realize I was going to like these. I thought this was going to be kind of a kind of a pain um cuz they they are giving rewards for the for the actual leaderboards. And mm-hmm. I, I I was thinking about it and I was like, man, there's it's going to be a situation where the people that have more time are going to be the ones that earn the rewards for the actual uh, leaderboards. So if anyone hasn't, um, if you haven't gotten a chance to actually check this out. You can go into your reputations pane and the commendations are now uh, uh, the top half of the actual reputation pane. And underneath of that, you've got the ledgers. So at any given time in the game, you can actually check the leaderboards and see globally where everyone's at and where you stand. And if you're not in the game, you can actually go to sea forward slash leaderboards. And actually, as long as you're logged into your Microsoft account that has your your pirate on it, you can see your, uh, your standings with the different companies as well. So there's four tiers to the leaderboards and each tier, uh, has different pools of players and the top two tiers, the 50% and higher, have rewards associated with these, and there's a low end reward and a high end reward. So if you've if you've gone into the Pirate Emporium, you'll see that there's uh, the the ship liveries that you can purchase. There's a standard set, and then they have what they call the collectors' figurehead and sails. Similar kind of system here, where there's a, a regular kind and then a collector's kind. So at the top portion of the the actual tier, the, the high end tier, you get the really cool cosmetic, which this month is going to be, uh, sales for deliveries. And with this pool, I don't know about you, but I, I, I was kind of worried that the pool of people that got into the highest rank were going to be small and that it was purely going to be just the the folks that had the most amount of time to, to play. And I still kind of feel like that, but the the tier itself seems to be a a pretty large group of people um I've, i've played what is it three nights now and two of those nights we were doing reapers and played three to four hour sessions and i'm in the top groupings and i'm not close to the top compared to who's ranked one but i'm definitely not at the bottom and the nice thing is, is that the leaderboard will actually show what your position is and you can compare your position to, uh, the, the, the position of the person who's in the the top position or how's the best way to explain this? Um, maybe it's like number one. Yeah. So whoever's number one for the third tier, their position is shown. Uh, and you can, you can compare your position to their position. So like when I was looking at it today for reapers, I'm rank, uh, or I'm in position 10,000 or 11,000 and the tier below me, the top player is at rank 29,000 or 30,000 if you're rounding. So I know I've got about 20, 20 different or 20,000 positions between me and the bottom of the tier that i have a a bit of give room now i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be able to hit the top rank but the closer and closer i get to the to the bottom of that top rank the more i I recognize that i need to jump onto reapers for a while to kind of keep my position higher if i want to get that master rank rewards and every month these rewards are going to cycle so this month it's sales next month it might be uh, hull or the the next month after that it could be figurehead and these these rewards are intended to cycle so it may be sales this week but in you know next quarter uh it it may come back as the rewards again so if you missed out on something because you couldn't play or you couldn't uh, uh get a high enough position that at least it'll it'll hopefully be back
1: that's so, great cuz i haven't missed a single thing yet and i was worried about that i was like What if one month I just don't do a certain thing? So I didn't know that they come back.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's great. Go ahead. I
1: was going to say, and even what's great about the leaderboards is like you always know who the best PvP players are, but this is going to allow you to see who the best merchant people are. So you might end up seeing like new personalities emerge in the content creation space by who the number one person at merchant cargo is. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. there's... There's a lot of really cool stuff that's going to get highlighted from this. So it is cool. Like, I, I love that there's leaderboards. I love that they're giving stuff out for it. So there's always something to do. Um, so now it's like, maybe I'm going to play a little less Animal Crossing and try to turn in a few more skulls, you know? But it's, <laughs> it is, uh, it is all of these changes definitely improve the experience. Even the ones I didn't think I was going to like. I even like that they can, that you can get, uh, I even like that you can get reapers bones XP from not fighting people because it does add like an extra level of danger mm-hmm. on your forts. You're like calling people there. So now I'm kind of mad. I would have loved to read. I would love to redo the whole thing and did reapers bones without killing a single person. <laughs> but now I can't do that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's blood on your hands. Uh, it's- I know
1: it's, <laughs> a problem
0: no that's (laughs) that's that's the fun of the game is is getting out of your comfort zone and trying different things uh i i really love the emissary system and and for those that aren't focusing on reaper's bones you may already know this but if you're focusing on reaper's bones the rank five is kind of cool and this is it's it's pretty contentious at this point I, i feel There's a lot of um mixed emotions with with uh rank five Reaper Bones because when you're rank five, you get to see all the emissaries on the map and where they're at. You can't can't see what they are, what they're doing, or anything like that. Like we chased down a, a galleon last night and they were going between Daggertooth and Old Faithful Island. And we were down in Ancient Isles and and I was like, I bet they're doing animals how much you want to bet they're doing animals and they're like "Mm, i don't know we get over there they start running and they get crackened and i was like how is that for pve and uh got over there turns out they had like nine storage crates they had a whole bunch of of animal crates like they they were just stocking up noah's ark and um they sank themselves unfortunately we didn't get credit for that but uh we, we took the flag regardless but you can kind of start telling like you know there was a ship out in the devil's roar and i was like i'm pretty sure that's an athena ship doing an athena's uh an ashen athena's out there and they hung out at, at morrow's peak for a long time but um i can't wait till uh my crew and i get our fill of reaper's bones because the original plan was was to do merchant alliance and and yeah. i i absolutely love the costumes uh but i think i love the costumes for the merchant alliance the most i think it's i think it's, it's the coolest the best yeah
1: i've been trying to convince my crew to do devil's roar cargo for a long time and now <laughs> that we're now there's a reason to do it again so i think we're gonna do that but yeah the merchant costume is great
0: yeah i and I, I love it the,
1: the level five thing is gets crazy because we uh last night we were playing my crew and i and we uh so we sunk everyone like repeatedly we got to level five we went to turn it in and then all of the boats emerged at once so we saw i think we had we sunk three boats but then they just kept coming back at us so there was one point where i died and i saw the dead boat and you just saw everyone load in single file like (laughs) as they were loading in because we had killed so many people it ended with uh us bailing our daily or ditching our boat dropping a rowboat off a reaper selling everything we ended up getting uh we got sunk right at the end but then our boat spawned right at an outpost so we just voted the reaper uh emissary back on while the one person unloaded all the treasure and we got the credit (laughs) for it and it was awesome oh that's cool it was like but it's not very often that you have an experience where you had a bunch of boats gang up on you and sink you and then you still had a good time. Yeah. So, yeah. We deserved it. Like we definitely deserved it.
0: And I, and I think that's the goal too. Like I I think that's the 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 definite like that's the idea is is that the trade companies would come together to take out the reapers because they are trying to be that that anti uh, antagonist they're trying to be the bad guys on the seas and if that's the 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 role that you want to play then there's an entire edge lord faction out there for you and it's awesome and i absolutely love it i love the little assassins creed costume you get and <laughs> it's it's such a cool concept it's so so down the path of being able to to pick lighter dark side Uh, but there's no not really a lighter dark side to the game it's just what do you prefer to do and if you want to do it one night then cool you can switch it up the next night Um, I wanted to dive a little bit into kind of how to or how the emissary system works because once I got my hands on it it acted a lot differently than what I originally expected this to work out. So, if you have your emissary up, and the way to get your emissary is you, for, first off, you have to be level 15 with the faction. You have to purchase the flag, which I think is a one time payment of 20,000 gold. And you can choose to purchase the costume. As far as I can tell, it doesn't change anything, it's a flavor thing. Uh, so, once you have the flag you can then vote on the table next to the trade company uh, with the majority of your crew to become an emissary and the emissary basically gives you five ranks and you get one 1.5 two, and no was it 51 1.5 two, and 2.5 times the reputation in gold earned uh, under the emissary flag So anything that you, so say if you were, um, if you were gold hoarders, you would throw down a regular gold hoarder voyage. You would sail over to the Island. You could, uh, dig up a chest and digging up the chest, uh, fully earns you session rank and it'll start to rank up to rank five to get you the the bonus. Once you take that item and you put it on your ship, you get a little bit more rep so you're rewarded for actively doing the voyage, but you're also rewarded for any treasure that you bring onto your ship too. And that includes stuff that you find at like shipwrecks or on islands or from skeleton fleets. The Megalodon and the, and the Kraken's uh, uh, um, items or, or treasure has been upped, like the value of that, and they drop more stuff. So it's actually worth it to kill Megs and Krakens a lot more now. And anything that you grab... And put on your ship actually counts towards your rank progression. And once you get rank five with any of the emissaries, you get a special voyage that is repeatable. So if you are looking to grind out Athena's fortune and you get to rank five, you'll get a special voyage. And that special voyage has bits of trinkets and things that you'll, you, you would find in the Thieves' Haven Athena uh, voyage in that special voyage. So I think, um, oh gosh, I can't remember who it was on Twitter said that the best way to get to rank five was to either do in Ashen Athena's or a thieves Haven, uh, Athena run. And that would be the, 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 quickest way to get to rank five, but the special voyages themselves, uh, are going to be high level voyages, which I absolutely love. I love that. They're giving you a reason to stay at rank five because that, that promotes, uh, you staying with the actual emissary and giving other players an opportunity to either find you and join you or find you and sync you. So I I'm trying to think if there's something that I wanted to go. Okay, so uh, with the with the emissaries and, and feel free to jump in anytime, Craig too. Um, Sounds good. With the emissaries, I, I, I like the fact that these little tables, have a a little ship that kind of shows who's under that emissary because it kind of gives you an idea of of what the feel of the server is before you even you even really get a chance to go out onto the uh onto the onto the seas and each of the outposts has a reaper's bones emissary table with the little with the skeleton, <laughs> I love this too. They've caged it scared me the first time. <laughs> yeah. I I it reminds me of Cursed Sails. It, it take it took me back to when we had the banner that you had to, to find out where the 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 cursed fleets were sailing.
1: That's right, yeah.
0: So they they've caged a skeleton, which is hilarious. They've each of the each of the emissary tables has a pet, and hopefully one day we'll get that pet. Uh, but the, the little skeleton will be like the indicator that there's a reapers table there and you can vote on the the table at any outpost to be able to throw up the reaper emissary. So even when you get into the game, you aren't necessarily having to sail out to reapers hideout to start your reaper emissary. So if you happen to come across a ship just off, off the, uh, just outside of the outpost area. You can go sync them immediately and get credit for it. But all of the emissaries tables are next to the actual uh, trade company representatives on each of the outposts. And it takes a majority vote to be able to vote into it. And you have to have a majority of vote to lower it. And once you lower it, you actually get a, a, a pretty, pretty chunky amount of gold and reputation uh, depending on what rank you're at. I think at rank five, I got half a level at rank or what was it level 39 i got like half a level for lowering a rank five reaper's bones flag which is it was awesome that was totally insane but with the emissary tables the little ships on there represent the the different emissaries that are out there you can raise your flag and fly under that and I don't know. I, I think this is just the, the it's the coolest way of giving players information about what's going on on that server without necessarily pulling up a tab and seeing like these are the six ships on the servers. This is what they're working on kind of thing. It's, it's a very in-flavor version of uh, finding out what people are doing on that server.
1: It's great because the... When you go there, you know, you go to the server, you know, this is a server I want to go fight a bunch of people on, or this is a server where everyone's pretty chill, just running chickens. So, like, it's great to know. And I'm sure, like, you know, whenever you're getting ready, you probably talk to your friends and go, Do you want to sync a bunch of people? Do you want to run cargo? You know, it's cool that you can find a server that matches that, even though it changes very quickly.
0: (laughs) But Mm -hmm. it's cool
1: to know what you're getting yourself into.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I, and I like the fact that because of this update, all of the, uh, trade companies that were originally capped at 50, uh, well, I I would say, I I guess the original ones, I I always think of the original ones when I say that, but the, the gold hoarders, the order of souls and the, the merchant Alliance have all had their level cap raised up to 75 and you actually start earning uh cosmetics for those companies um for i guess it's the new cosmetics it's not the original ones that you got but the new cosmetics that you can earn through either the leaderboards or through reputation have that new look the look that uh has been on the the promotional artwork for the game for ships of fortune and every time you hit another five ranks in in the reputation you earn a different piece of loot or or, or cosmetics for it. So I love that it's giving even pirate legends who've been capped out for, for forever, uh, an opportunity to get back in there and and get that, that, you know, day one feel of, of leveling up your reputation and, and, and having that sense of like, I have to touch everything. I have to grab everything. We have to put everything on the ship and we have to turn it in regardless because it's been missing in my life. For, for quite a while, and I'm yeah. I, it feels so good to be like, have, how how am I alone? Do you feel like you you've been enjoying the fact that we can actually get reputation again?
1: Oh, the little yeah, the little bar and sound it sounds so good. Like every time I've played on like a different account or whatever, and I heard it, I was like, oh, I miss that. <laughs> and now we get to have it again. Yeah, it's also great too because like now if we want to like I don't, it's not really power leveling, but I guess it kind of is like where if you want to help. You know if you have a friend that's not legend yet and they are in uh merchant alliance you know i know how difficult it was to get people to want to do it sometimes and now it's like everyone needs it again so um you know if you have a friend that's not legend it's easy to be like all right let's go we're getting out there we're throwing this emissary down we're gonna try to get you there but everyone benefits like there's right now like i i have a few megs i haven't completed um and like now when we see him, we're like, all right, let's fight it because we, it adds to our points. We don't have all the 50 kills in it. Like, it's great that everything feels fresh again. Like you want to kill everything and grab everything and sell everything again. So it's fun. Yeah. It's, it's a whole, it does feel like when the game first came out, cause you're like, there's all this new stuff. Basically, <laughs> you just want to hear yourself get XP and you can buy new clothing. Yeah. And when you, when you can't get XP and you ran out of clothing to buy, you just kind of sail around doing whatever. And now you're like, I got to buy new clothes. We got to yeah. make some money. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I absolutely love it. It's it's one of those things that I I want to blame World of Warcraft for this because I... <laughs> I feel like that it seemed like every time there was an expansion, they raised the level cap and there was always this this feeling of like accomplishment every time you dinged and it was it was there in Sea Thieves for a long time. You know, a lot of people hit Pirate Legend, uh, you know, within the first year, a lot of people hit uh, Athena 10 in the first two years and now that we have like an additional 10 levels onto Athena's Fortune, now that we have another 25 levels onto the original trade companies, it's satisfying to to work towards that in the game now. It's it's so nice that we're getting this. And and I'm I'm totally I've been a long proponent for having a prestige system where I would retain my status, my titles and my cosmetics, but I could reset my levels. And have some sort of, you know, moniker or, or title or cosmetic tied to being able to uh, prestige multiple times and, and reset my levels and say like, okay, well, you know, I, I, I know I'm level 50, but I'm willing to dump that and build back up to 50 and I'll get a cosmetic for dumping it uh, and getting it back up to 50 and, and just being able to, to recycle that reputation level again. And that way, if you saw a pirate who has prestiged five times and they've got this elaborate hat that that's, you know, three times as wide as their body, even on the biggest pirate, you're like, wow, that dude has a lot of time and, and <laughs> that's good for him but at least he You
1: should just get a watch cosmetic <laughs> and every time you prestige it just adds another number onto the watch. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> but I would do it. Yep. I'd be like I want I want to have all 12 digits on this watch. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what time is it? I don't know. I haven't prestiged far enough yet. I'm working on it. It could be 6, it could be 9, I don't know, but it's definitely not 2. Um I, I love the idea uh, of of the new level cap system and they one of the so we were talking we've been talking a lot about accessibility but one of the other things that came into the game this update was world map markers, which have confused my friends for uh, a a bit until we kind of explained that discovering tall tales in in the world was easy when we were first doing it because a lot of the tall tales were chronological if you went through them one through nine, but now we don't necessarily have numbers tied to the new ones. So people aren't necessarily sure of where they need to go to start these. So if you look on your map, there are now markers similar to the way you would see like uh, a reaper's chest or uh, a reaper's flag or a reaper's bounty. And these indicators give you an idea of where you can go. If you want to start a certain tall tale, like where those those eligible places are for those tales. And I, I, I love anything that Rare does to give players quick information that doesn't force them to dive into a menu. If, if they can find something and learn about how something works in-game, then it's it's easier for them to pass on that information. So if, if like a Reaper's Bone uh, couldn't be turned into Duke, but every time you walked up to Reaper's chest, it, uh, it, it had a little marker on that said that said T- return to the Reaper's hideout. And the closer and closer you got to Reaper's hideout, the more and more it would glow or hum or, or, you know, it, the more power it would kind of put out there saying like, Hey, I'm, I'm getting close to home. You're, you're on the right track. Like, I, I feel like that might be kind of a, a fun thing to do for those to kind of help people get those. But the world map markers how do you feel about kind of them pulling more information into into the actual map are you worried that they might clutter it up too much over the course of the next two years or so with more stuff being introduced or or is this still probably a really good way of informing people
1: so i use um like you can turn it on and off which is cool too i'm glad they have that but like didn't know that the uh because I turned off the Tall Tale one is what you what I turned off. And I actually am glad they added it because now I know if I pull up to a ship that's like parked there, they might just be doing a Tall Tale because I sometimes forget which islands I went to when I did it. Um, but it's also great for like players that are just starting out trying to figure out what how to play the game because you don't really the more information you can give like that, the better because I know I'm sure you've had this experience where like, see if these is great. Yeah, it's pretty easy. I'll show you how to play it. And then you get a new player on and you realize how much stuff you've actually explained. And you're like, oh, my God, this is not an easy game. I have just played this. Well, it can be an easy game, but I've played this so much that I know too much about it. So I'm overloading people when I try to explain every single thing. (laughs) I'm like, "Okay, got to turn the sails to the wind. You got to do all this (laughs) and uh, something like that. Like it makes it easy because I think a lot of players might or even players that enjoy like single player experience or campaigns, they might prefer to try those first, the tall tales first and knowing where the islands are and having it easily marked is, uh is good. Plus, you know, in theory on a pirate map, it would all be marked anyways, right? Like here's where you, here's where you fight this guy. Here's where you find a treasure. So it works and they do it. Uh, it's all yeah. like within the, the style of the earth, of the, of the universe as well. So, it doesn't it doesn't feel intrusive if they add more stuff. I mean, I could even see them adding like, you know, a place where you to show where you sell your fish or indicating which I know it says outpost on it and C post, so they probably don't need those, but even adding things like that, if you turn it on, I mean I'm not gonna lie, I did pretty much every single one of my tall tales using Rare Thief. So I would be <laughs> kind of hypocritical to tell people I don't want them to use a map <laughs> when that's straight up what I did, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kudos, it's, it's
0: kudos cool. to, to Rare Thief for, for being that, that <laughs> those two. I love those two. So so glad that I got a chance to talk with them last week. Because, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm in the same boat, man. The Rare Thief has helped me out more than they probably ever realized in this game. And it's purely just because there's so much information in this game, lore-wise and knowledge-wise, that... Unless you have, uh, you know, back in the day, they probably would have been writing all over the maps. Just like you said, you're, you're 100% right. The more I think about it, the more I realize is like, yeah, they they would have like, hey, this is like shallow uh, shoals on this side of the island. You know, this is deep waters or this is a, a good place for fresh water. You know, they, they would have had all of that information logged in books and marked on maps and just kind of expressed in some way so that if someone walked in and been like we need to go and refit where's a good place to go and you'd look on the map and say like okay well this island's close by it's got some some shallows that we could beach our ship on and start working on uh, refitting if we need to and having the mar- the map markers uh, especially since uh, like you said the having the map markers being something that you can toggle that's really cool because Some people may not need that information. They may have all the tall tales done and it's not important to them and it's clutter, but if they can take those and effectively erase them, then that gives you, that gives you less clutter on the map. So I I hope rare goes forward with this and and adds more info. That is uh, uh, something that you can have on or have off. I, I like that. That's a, it's, it's interesting. I would like if they did went even further like you were talking about how they, they may not necessarily need to have like the outposts or sea posts um, added. But yeah, I think you're right. They, they really should have the turn in spots or, or at least the different trade companies as uh, uh, available map markers. So if you don't know where to go turn in a piece of loot, uh, you can you can see like, OK, well, here's where the Order of Souls tents are on the map and start to, to pull information into the game the way rare thief has it all kind of on their, on their app and on their website. But aside from all this, how do you feel about cats? Cause I'm, I'm loving my cat. Have you picked up a cat yet?
1: It's, yeah. Oh yeah. It was like, <laughs> I went on and bought them before I even got to open the game. I just like went through the store and bought them. And I was like, <laughs>
0: me too. <it's>, uh,
1: <laughs> the cats are perfect. No pun intended, Mm -hmm. but I like everything they do is fun. Like I used to have my bird. uh, I had Shroud Beaker and (laughs) he he was my friend. But now I'm like, I've got this cat. (laughs) But I think I'm interested to see how many cats are named Rocco. Oh, that's (laughs) see. (laughs) Did you
0: did did you see Rocco's uh, tweet recently? He oh, he even no. he even posted a tweet how he popped into arena and, <laughs> and one of the cats in arena was named Rocco oh. so Rocco was petting Rocco in arena and that that's <laughs> it's so funny
1: it's, it's perfect it is <laughs> i've had uh, i've seen uh, yeah Rocco whenever you play the Rocco you end up having pets named Rocco and there's so many Roccos <laughs> and it's
0: it's great i i love it it's it's such a and you're right they they really are perfect they i i was playing last night and as much fun as i was having i still ended up just taking photos of my cat
1: because that (laughs) that was the thing like fight over the food and stuff yeah i love it uh yeah daggers controllers rumble i guess when they like when they're purring if you're holding them yeah yeah it's oh man
0: and i caught mine staring at a wall <laughs> last night and <laughs> it's was like watching it sitting on the barrels next to the uh next to the lumber barrels or the plank barrels and it was just staring at the wall and i was like what the heck is it doing and then i would watch it and it would look at me and then it would look back at the wall and then it would look at me and then it would look back at the wall and i'm like that is such a cat thing to do that is
1: yeah <laughs> see. A hundred percent. Cause if your bird stared at the wall, you'd be like, why is my bird just staring at the wall? So, but like a cat doesn't matter. It does what it wants.
0: Yeah. That's a, yeah. I, I've seen cats do that. So that's a thing I, I expect.
1: I didn't, I didn't see my cat on the boat for like an hour and then it showed up and I was just like, Oh, okay. Like <laughs> I literally thought I put it away and then it just showed up and I was like, yeah, this all makes sense. Yep. That's a cat. No matter what goes on with the cats, it makes sense. They're fighting. They're laying.
0: Yep. It's yeah. Great. <laughs> Yeah, I, I caught mine on the bed and I was like, yeah, that's, that's, it's just sleeping on the bed. That's,
1: it's funny. That's what we did too. We just kept going, yeah, that's a cat thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what cats do. Like the whole life. We just sunk boats and talked about cats.
0: <laughs> they've, they've done a great job. I absolutely, I love all the different breeds. I've purchased practically every single one of them. I think they're still. I would say total six color variations that I haven't picked up yet, but I've got at least two of each kind and the costume. Oh man. I spent so much money on the cats this week. I did not really, <laughs> I knew I was going to, I didn't realize how much I was going to spend beyond what I thought I was going to exp- it, it, like purchase. Like I still haven't even picked up the, uh, the, the saber wolf cosmetics yet because <laughs> I've been purchasing all the stuff for cats. I
1: see. Well, you need to be able to have like all of your cats out at one time, or we need to get like eight people on yes. one boat with cats, yes, and just live <laughs> live the life of cats.
0: <laughs> I really, I really do want to see a ship full of of like an entire server's worth of cats on one. Ship like have everyone just kind of uh, uh, have everyone just kind of hide in one spot, and then just have all of the cats on on in one area, like in the captain's cabin, and just <laughs> just have one person standing there uh, with with food, just trying to feed all of these different cats. Like someone needs to make oh that mean. Uh, we
1: need to do it. You know, all those like Twitch streams where they just show a bunch of animals. Mm-hmm. We just have to have like five different people line up just filming the cats on the boat, but all, there's like a hundred cats on the boat. There's eight different shots that you can view. Just cats. And we might explode by somebody with a keg. Who knows, but there's cats.
0: Yeah. As long as there's cats, I don't care. We're, <laughs> we're good. I would love to see sink this
1: boat. Who cares? Take, save my cats.
0: Yeah. Someone needs to, uh, build an alliance on a server and take all the cats and stick all the cats, uh, around Duke and just have Duke be the crazy cat lady. <laughs> Just to have them everywhere.
1: It- and everyone just goes right into the uh, oh my god, everyone goes right into the pub at the at the outpost there'd just be cats all over that'd be great yeah
0: it's just a cat cafe in, in Sea of Thieves at that point right that's <laughs> that's what is you're just going there to go pet the cats that's you get done with your voyage you sink all the ships you all have a good time and instead of going into the tavern to have a grog and cheers one another and do some crab dabs you just pick up a cat and start petting it like that's your that's your uh, your cool down session is if, <laughs> you get to sit down and just play with the cats <laughs> So, um was there something that i've missed uh outside of the oh you know what i i almost forgot so okay so there's a a palm tree wave emote which reminds me of the um what are those big kind of inflatable car salesman
1: dudes a wacky inflatable tube man
0: yes the tube men so there's an emote available now that's free this update that uh, essentially turns you into an inflatable tube man so make sure you log in and get that It'll be in the Pirate Emporium. The uh, if you're if you're listening to this um, on Monday, I'm sorry. Hopefully you got these, but there were some Twitch drops that are going on right now as of recording for the Omen Cosmetics. And I don't know about you, but God, these are awesome. <laughs> I, I absolutely love these. I've already I've already gotten my cannons. I've already gotten my uh, wheel. I'm waiting for tomorrow for the capstan. Man. I'm... I in these in these cannons work out really well too. They're they're not fluted. They've got an iron sight so you can still kind of scope down the the side of them, but um god, they just did such a good job making this the the Gears of War cosmetics. I don't I don't know who they talk to, but what do you think of these?
1: They're awesome. Like the the cannons look great on pretty much anything. We were just like rotating because we had we went no sails last night, but we had to put those cannons on. Mm. We just went naked bow with those, and they were fun. But yeah, it looks it looks great. And like I played a lot of Gears of War, so getting these boat cosmetics are perfect. And they like what I love about them is they fit the universe. So you don't have like you know it doesn't just have like a full locust head on it. It's like okay, <laughs> well here's what it would look like inside of the Sea of Thieves universe.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they
1: look great, and I want the wheel real bad. <laughs> Yeah. The anchor is real cool too, or the capstan.
0: Yeah, they've they've done a great job. So I'm hoping everyone had a chance to jump onto Twitch. Um there's there's they I I kinda wish that Rare did a little a little um promotion, like a week in advance. Because I, I feel bad for anyone that, that just listens to the podcast. I, I imagine no one does. I can't imagine anyone just listens to the podcast and, and that's how you get your information. But hopefully everyone has had time to, to jump into the Twitch partner streamers for Sea of Thieves and watched for 30 minutes with their accounts linked between Twitch and C- and uh, uh, Microsoft and Sea of Thieves. I'm hoping that you guys all got an opportunity to get these because these look awesome. And if you haven't, you need to make sure that you go to seaofthieves.com forward slash twitch dash drops, link your Twitch account to your Sea of Thieves account and your Microsoft account so that you can actually get these drops. Uh, Because this is probably not going to be the last time they ever do this. They did this with the Obsidian Rod uh, a couple months back. I guess it was longer than that now at this point, but um, the the last thing that I noticed uh, came as, uh, came via uh, Twitter that I saw it and Sadist Shabby uh, came up with a really cool kind of concept art that is Sea of Thieves uh, Flameheart and he calls it the Flameheart reincarnation concept. He says uh, here's a concept I thought would be cool. Since the Reaper's pets are made from what I could tell is wood and gold why wouldn't Reaper's bones reincarnate Flameheart using the very same method? Since the player looks, or since the player took Flameheart's skull, he couldn't be a skeleton at least uh, his own, on his own. His body could be made from cursed wood and gold from the chests the mysterious stranger collects for their curse. So they're basically taking the idea of how these uh, mechanical Reapers' pets or Reapers' heart pets came out the Cursed Monkey and the the Cursed Parrot, and how if you go to Reaper's Hideout, you can still see the sketches left by uh, the mysterious stranger, aka Wanda, who had kind of designed these uh, a while back. And with this kind of design in mind, he came up with this idea of coming up with like an autonomous body or or like an android body in Sea of Thieves with the spirit of Flameheart in it. And I, I I, don't think that this is necessarily how they're going to go about it. But I absolutely love this concept because it's so cool. It's such a it's such a cool concept to think that the soul of a pirate could be stored in this mechanical body. Like, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm a huge Hellboy fan. And the idea of, uh, of, of there was a character in there that was um, dead, but he was like his soul was kind of kept in this this puppet body that was just a it, it just had a um like a, a magical curse kind of keeping it alive even though he wasn't actually alive and he was essentially invulnerable by that part uh but i i love this idea i don't know would you, would you i wanted to hear what your thoughts on this are
1: it actually so it looks really cool but it makes me want to use those pets now cuz i have the monkey and the bird mm-hmm. and i didn't like them that much but i was like I just bought them because I was like, they look cool, but I'll never use them. Now I'm like, I like the idea that my little bird was once another bird that I used magic on to put in a body made out of wood. That's how much I love this bird. Yeah. So that's, (laughs) I didn't, I guess I didn't read the lore or any of that kind of stuff on the the monkey or the bird, but the, the drawing looks cool and it's going to be weird to fight Flameheart, So that makes sense that they'd give him a body. I like the, uh, I want the hat.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The hat's really cool. The, the flame heart hat looks, looks awesome. And and they did a great job of kind of coming up with the concept of how he's clothed with his uh, flame heart clothing, but, uh, how, how underneath of it, it's just kind of red magic. Kind of, kind of, if you look at the, uh, the area that's, uh, in Reaper's hideout, you've got that circle with the, uh, very suspicious chain drawn, uh, hatch with the chalice on top of it and underneath Mm -hmm. of that you've got all that red mystic jib jab stuff uh, whatever you want to call it and and he's essentially built out of that like it's just a a few pieces of of gold and wood uh which looks like scorched wood i guess would be the best way to describe it and he's just a a puppet with a a magical spirit trapped within it and that's kind of a I, i like this take on what we could see out in the world. Now that we're playing around with more and more curses, you know, salty was the first, uh, first victim of Wanda and then Wanda herself. And now we have these cursed pets. And I kind of like the idea that, you know, you're, you're not necessarily going to run into, uh, a new enemy that is actually a skeleton. It could just be made up of golden bones or go- golden wood so uh, i'm trying to think there's a lot basically there's there's a ton of stuff that we could keep going on about but i feel like we've kind of grasped onto some of the main things revolving around emissaries and obviously pets uh i i i I could be talking about this for months to come but was there anything that that you you feel like you you experienced in this update that we haven't kind of touched on that you you still really enjoy
1: I think that's it. The arena changed, which has been fun.
0: Yeah. So you got a chance to actually play that today too. So how was it? Because I haven't actually dived in. I haven't actually gotten into the arena yet.
1: We've been putting a lot of time in arena, which is what we pretty much did for the last like two weeks. We've just been playing arena Mm -hmm. and it changes the dynamic a bunch. Like because there's only like one chest at a time, you don't really have a team that pulls away with 10,000 points. And you don't really have so like everyone's always kind of close and with cannonballs being 40 points now like we were catching up to people just by cannonballs and there's something about it like being 15 minutes is also really fun because if you're having a bad time you usually kind of know you're about to have a bad time like 10 minutes in yeah you know about 10 minutes in you know if you're about to have a good time or a bad time (laughs) and if you're having a bad time you're like, "Well, it's only 5 more minutes. We might as well get this XP." Yeah. Um and having one chest is real fun cuz then you see like all of the boats just chase after the one boat. So you're like you feel you feel terrified and excited the entire time cuz yeah. you're like, "Okay, we got we have you're like managing people. You're like we have three people on the boat. One try to anchor them. We're going to bring this in." And it makes it a lot more exciting. Um revives are fun cuz you kind of get to see everyone's like spirit Mm -hmm. fly up out of their body. (laughs) And, uh, if you kill someone in the water and then swim by them or like, uh, your boat goes by them, you'll just kind of see them floating up past your boat. It's great. (laughs) Yeah. There's so many great things about it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I don't know about you, but I've been, I've, I've been loving the, the revive mechanic, uh, I I got an opportunity this is uh, this was done in in adventure but um, my crew and I we had uh, we we occasionally have a fifth team member which is kind of a bummer because we don't ever get to have like everyone at the same time but the other night we tried to get two ships on a server by logging in at the same time and we actually got it on the third try I was really surprised by that but one of the fun things that I, I found out you could do is when you're in an alliance with someone you can revive other players uh, but what I didn't realize would be fun is trapping them in a, in a loop. So I've actually, <laughs> we, we only, we didn't do it a whole lot cause it's kind of trolly, but we killed our buddy and then we waited till he was almost back to the ferry and we revived him and then immediately killed him again. And then we revived him and then immediately killed him again to the point where his body got stuck in that slumped over <laughs> <laughs> position <laughs> so he was running around and he could still like access barrels he could still fight and still kill us but he was just running around in that kneeling position we kind of broke the animation for it and i was like man this is some odd job stuff right here this isn't cool we need to just kill him and let him reset his body but uh i could see i can see arena uh having a revive be really really influential on just how close you could go from having a turn in to losing your ship And I I absolutely love it. I I love the concept of it.
1: It's so much fun, too, because then like if you kill someone on cannons and you don't see anyone else, you just kill them and then you run up to where the wheel is and you just wait because one of their other players will come and revive them Then you (laughs) kill them. And then you just kind of use them as a trap. Yeah, yeah, It's, uh, it's fun. And then like if you're on someone's boat, like we had it last night where I died and I was like screaming like cheering my uh my partner on to like kill everyone and they killed him and then revived me and i was like oh my god dude. like there's there's something real fun <laughs> about that like watching your friend kill a bunch well watching your friend uh you know kill a bunch of people in arena and then revive you and then you're just all dancing on the boat like we did it yes it's good
0: yeah it, it's so it's it's a thing that came or it's something that that i i'm used to with battle royales and i was talking with uh, rare thief uh last week about this too but in practice it's such a cool feeling to to get a, get a couple of people on a boat to fight your way to kill the rest of the crew and to get that that like you can see like your screen is like disappearing and you're like i'm gonna go to the ferry and they run over and they're like no 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 come on come on come on dude you got this you got this and they cheer you I on the
1: little animation they do and they do it yes so good
0: it feels so good to see them run over and kind of like coax you back into your body it's such a good it's a it's, it's a little thing but man I, i've been really enjoying resurrection and and I I don't know how solo players feel. I want to get um, Shockwave on the on the podcast uh, soon so that I can talk with him about this. But uh, having having Resurrection for crews and stuff is is so good. And you brought up a, a, a real good point. I love the idea of using uh, dead pirates as a trap to to try and draw others in. It's it's such a cool mind game to kind of play with other people so how um how's the the actual length of time go for because i know it's it's gone from 24 minutes to 15 minutes is 15 minutes too short or is it feel a lot better than it did
1: i like it because there's it just because it's like now that they changed it there's kind of action for the whole 15 minutes Mm -hmm. and so like Everyone just goes to the one big glowy thing and then they <laughs> fight to get the big glowy thing. So, like, the whole 15 minutes is just like fighting and action, which is great. And, uh, I like I said, I really like that it's 15 minutes because the 24 seemed like slightly too long every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And the what I noticed is there's less people dropping out. And since the scores are closer, I don't know if it's because the scores are closer because there's really only one chest. It seemed a little friendlier in arena. Like Hmm. we were getting GGs. We were saying like nice shot and people were saying nice things back to us. Um, It was a good night. So hopefully that stays, (laughs) but um, it just seems like more people are having fun. I mean, at the very least way less boats quit out. So we've, before the update, we would have many matches where it was us and one or us in two other boats mm-hmm. at the end of it. Now it's like, you know, you have four boats coming at you when you have the chest on it. It's great.
0: That's so cool. I, I like to hear that because, yeah, I feel like I feel like that was kind of the problem when I did play arena that if you were in the bottom group, because uh, I would hop onto open crew from time to time, it always yeah. felt pretty defeatist you know sitting there at 10 minutes and there's two ships that have you know thirty thousand more points than you do and you're sitting there and you're like well there's there's no way there's no way i have enough time to do this so you just get bored and you feel trapped because you don't want to leave because you want the reputation but there's no way that you have an opportunity to to actually win the match and i think 'm the more i the more I think about it and the more I kind of live with this this concept of having just one chest and having that chest be worth a lot more and having the actual matches be shorter I feel like it's it's more like a um more like a roguelike in that sense where the penalty for death isn't nearly as painful because you're you're gonna have a shorter amount of time in the session so it doesn't feel like you it feels like you know, 15 minutes you're done you get out you can get a new new lobby hop back in and give it another go it doesn't feel like you're you're stuck there for a full 24 minutes waiting for this match to end because there's just nothing you can do about it but you don't want to quit out
1: it makes it better 15 minutes is great (laughs)
0: It looks like there's also going to be uh, penalties for quitting too. So players who quit contests right. too often will now be temporarily suspended too. And it looks like the way that this this works is it just locks out the arena tab when you're actually logging into the game. So you can go into adventure, but you can't you can actually go into the, the lobby for arena, which I like. Uh, I, I like that they're trying to make sure that people who constantly quit aren't just abusing the system
1: it's also really good because actually i don't know it doesn't count it during the uh you you can quit out during the lobby area too and that won't really penalize you it's just during the game which is good
0: yeah yeah i
1: like that we've had less broken lobbies like it seems like it's starting up a lot faster now too that's awesome. I think we had one that was weird last night. But other than that, everything's been. We had a lot of fun, <laughs> even playing arena a lot. That's... And then like what you're we playing it before. And then the new update just kind of makes it more fun because you don't really you don't really feel as bad losing because mm-hmm. it kind of feels like this is what happens. Usually there's one, maybe two boats with like over a thousand and the other ones are in the hundreds. Yeah. So even if you lose, you feel like you lost together yeah <laughs> so it's like it doesn't feel as bad like i was gonna just go solo sloop and just crash my sloop into boats just for fun like if someone has the if you have the chest i'm gonna crash into you i don't care who gets it after i just want you to not have it die sink the boat reset crash it again <laughs> Like
0: <laughs> that's great <laughs> you just want to be the, the the element of chaos at that point <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's real fun in arena because I don't do it in an adventure. Mm. I just do it in an arena. That's and, a- well, now I do it in an adventure. Oh, that's too But funny. it wasn't my fault. They mm. made me.
0: <laughs> of course. Well, that's, I mean, clearly that is, that's that's what happens. You know, I didn't want to kill you. You forced my hand. I wasn't going to do anything, but you took all my treasure uh, from that island and that fort. And, you know, it's 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 mine. You just don't know it yet. Well, I think that's going to take care of majority of the update. There's a lot more that obviously, as we kind of learn more about how the update works and how things are doing, we'll probably check in on like leaderboards and arena to see how those are panning out post launch. Uh, But I I wanted to kind of, once again, just kind of give you the floor. Um, What can people do to help able gamers?
1: Um, so to help support Able Gamers, you can follow us on Twitter, on Twitch, Facebook, Instagram. just keep up to date with us, um, all of that really helps. Just shoot us a follow. That way, it shows that it shows the industry that people really believe in this mission, and it makes them makes the industry want to support it a little bit more. Um, if anyone's ever interested in donating, you can always do it through AbleGamers.org um, fundraising. If anyone's ever interested in hosting a fundraiser, you can always um, host one through Tiltify.com like we're one of the, Able Gamers is one of the charities on Tiltify. Um, You can always shoot me a message if you have questions about it. But yeah, all of that would be really helpful. Like Able Gamers just wants to make sure that everyone can game and the support from the community is what really keeps us alive. So whether it's being able to make a few donations or being able to throw retweets out to spread a a message. It all really, really helps.
0: And that's something that I think I, I, I have to echo as well too. Even if you can't support monetarily, especially right now during coconut fever, where a lot of people want to help, but want to make sure that they are staying financially secure, uh, that the best thing you can do is just promote, through social media. It it doesn't cost anything to be on Twitter and retweet something. It, It takes maybe a little bit of time, but it's so important that accessibility becomes something that is not just about helping disabled gamers. Accessibility is just bringing games to people in general, being able to have features that you don't think you want, until you get it and then when you get it you realize this is so much better for the game and the reason we got it was a way to help promote accessibility for uh, disabled gamers and now this feature that you love may not have ever happened if people like you craig have haven't put in the time haven't put in the work to try and work with companies to try and work with developers to build functionality into games to try and make sure that everyone has an opportunity to play games because that's that's the end at the end of the day that's what we want everyone wants to have games that they love stay alive and stay thriving and the only way to do that is to promote the game to play the game to purchase the game and have people on the servers to actually play with it's it's no fun to play Thieves alone when there's no other ships on the ocean Uh, I mean, you could probably still find fun in that, but you'd probably need like eight cats in a tavern drinking somewhere, but that's a, that's a whole nother story. So Craig, I wanted to thank you for, for joining me today. Um, I I know that, that with the surgery on your neck, it was, it's tough to talk. So I, I appreciate you fighting through for me and I hopefully we'll get a chance to, to do some, some charity streaming in the future. Hopefully we'll get a chance to have you back on the podcast for other updates or uh, if you've got something going on with able gamers that you want to promote, uh, you're always, always welcome to to come back on the show at any time.
1: Awesome, thank you.
0: My pleasure. Pirates, that's going to do it for this episode of Keelhauled. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you liked it as much as I did in speaking with Craig about accessibility, about Ships of Fortune. We covered a lot of stuff, but as always, it's not going to be everything. And the more we have time with this update, the more it's going to be interesting to find out all the different things that we that we come to learn with this update, the little tricks, the little hints and stuff. Uh, I've already learned a few things just by, by playing a lot with some of my friends and stuff. So Pirates, I want to hear from you, you guys have opinions, and I'm curious about them. I'm curious to know what are your thoughts on the uh, Res system. What do you think of the emissaries? Are you happy with uh, the new level cap raise? Do you like the costumes? Do you like the the new liveries? Are you trying for a certain uh, emissary and what kind of rank it is? All those questions are all valid questions, and I want you to hit me up. I want you to let me know what you think of them. So head over to Twitter. Go to at c a p t underscore l o g u n. Write that down if you haven't haven't gotten me followed on, on Twitter already. Go over there, send me your information, send me like what you like, what you don't like. My my DMs are open. So you can if you don't want to do it in a tweet, you can always type it all out and send it in a DM. I get those all the time. Also, you can always send me an email if email's your your thing. C-A-P-T-L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com is the email address for the podcast. Feel free to send me your stories, your thoughts, your queries. All of those uh, are are welcome in the email as well. If you have time and you feel like it and you haven't already, uh, Apple Podcasts has a rating system. It helps bring uh, more eyes and more ears to the podcast. It helps make sure that people know that we're out there and that we're listening and that we're sharing our stories and our thoughts on this game bringing more attention to the game is great and I love doing that especially through the podcast because this is my this is my forte this is my strength pirates uh if if all of that is done if you've done all of that and you're happy with it but you still want to help me more I still sell merchandise the keelhauled podcast merchandise there's links in the show notes every week but I also want you to share this with other pirates as well to get their thoughts on it so you guys have something to talk about when you aren't actually sailing because a lot of the time when you are playing the game you're with people and you're having a good conversation but you don't always get that when you're out and about and i know everyone is staying inside right well most people are staying inside right now for coconut fever and to make sure that we're keeping a safe ship distance apart from each other but i want to make sure that uh if you are out there and you are conversing with others and they do play the game with you that you have something in common to talk about outside of just your personal experiences so pirates thank you i love you and I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves.
1: I literally would just send my boat away and like ask them to play a song in memory of my past crewmates like I would just come up with stories and get on people's boats and they're like you know you won't get any XP I'm like I'm not here for XP sir I'm here to help you I'm part of your crew